Good morning. Glad you're here. I will tell you, I'm just going to bear my soul here. I will tell you this. Whenever I teach on this subject, things go haywire. And we talked about uh, there's victory in the battle. The battle is on. And this week's no different. This is something I have not experienced before. Usually the batter, battle's outside. You know, I'll, I'll deal with an illness. I'll deal with so many other things. I can't concentrate on what I'm supposed to be concentrating on. My family will go to seed some, right? This time it was in here. I fought this. <laughs> and I know I'm supposed to be teaching this, and I don't want to do it. So I will just tell you right up front, I am as ill-prepared as I have ever been <laughs> before I stand up here, right? So what I'm going to speak from comes from here, not so much here, okay? So uh, be prepared. If you have dreams, I apologize in advance. Do not be afraid of these things, you know, and that's, you know, how we, how we want to close this. But we're going to talk about Halloween. In our neighborhood, when you drive by and you will look as you go into our street, for those of you who know where I live, on your left you'll see uh, a house and in the front there's like a lot of skeletons out there. And they have a little graveyard set up in their front yard with skeleton arms coming out of the ground and, and other arms coming out. And when, at night they have these projections that you shine on the house with ghosts that are, that are going <laughs> like this. And what possesses people to do that? Because if you do that in July, people take your kids away, right? <laughs> I'm just saying. So what are we celebrating or glorifying during this time of the year? Well, it's Halloween. Where did it come from? Why do we do the things we do as a culture, right? And what are the things as Christians we, could, we should stay away from, okay? Now... Before I get into that, uh, real life, we've talked about prophecy here. Uh, last week's message, message was about prophecy. Thank you for, uh, uh, for your input on that and for your comments on that. I appreciate it. Uh, part of the end times, and the see you're going to, as God removes his hand and lets the culture devolve, which is what will happen if we don't get our act together as a church and as a country, right? You will see a rise in occult thought, right, and things of that nature. Uh, that's going to come in the end times. As in the days of Noah, so it shall be with the coming of the Son of Man. Well, if you go through your Old Testament, you will see a lot of these things that we celebrate in Halloween were pagan in origin, pagan nature worship, okay, and all the things that, that go in with that. Now, Tied in with that, and I'm glad some of the songs that we sang, uh, there is a battle, and there's a, a battle for uh, battle for truth, and Satan's very, very good at squashing that, right? And he does it with everyone sitting in this room. If you are a believer, uh, his job is to render you speechless. So you'll never be able to give a reason for the joy that's in your heart, right? Because, one, people think I'm crazy. What will people think? I don't want to offend anybody. Whatever, whatever game 
Satan plays on you, right? Think about right, that right now as you're squirming <laughs> because he plays it on all of us, right? That's at a lower level. He plays it on a higher level, level when he plays for keeps, right? Here we go. I'll give you some examples of this. I'm going to let you into my world. Uh, these things have happened to me in my life. So these are anecdotal things. You may have experienced some things like this. Uh, you may not have. Uh, but here you go. One time, I'm home. And this is when I lived at home, so I was early 20s, I would say. And uh, I came home. There was nobody home. I still lived at home with my mom and dad. Nobody home. Well, we had a little dog, right? Little poodle. My mom loved that dog. It was a gnarly little thing. It was an older poodle. Tough to look at, but lovable. I come home. I don't hear the dog anywhere. In the world, and nobody's home. Here, boy. Nothing. So I'm sitting at our kitchen table, and I, we have a t little TV there, and I was going to flick that on, and I hear at the door, <laughs> what in the world? Mom's gone. She let the dog out and forgot about him, right? Open the door. Here, boy. Ain't nobody there. What? Stayed out there, and I yelled and yelled and yelled nothing. So I go back and sit down, <laughs> and it's the front door again. This time I run over there, rascal. You know, <laughs> got a brain that big, but you can outsmart me because you're qualified, right? This time I run around the house. There's no dog here. What is going on? So I decided to stand there. This time I hear. I bend down. It's coming from the door. I open the door. There's nothing there. What do you do with that? No, no. What do you do with that? Because I know where I'm standing. And I know the responsibility I have where I'm standing. Either I'm a liar... Right? And I'm teaching you false things, or I'm telling the truth. What do you do with that? What do you do with this one? She's not in here, but <laughs> we went. I've never told this one in public either. Shane didn't see it. I saw it. Jordan Clum saw it. She's downstairs today. We were at a, a youth retreat. And we went to a place that we call the demon camp. <laughs> we laugh at it now. It wasn't too, but I'll never forget this. It's at late at night, and we're playing outdoor games. We're playing sardines and things like this. Two or three of the girls came up, and they're petrified. And they're saying, we saw something. I'm like, what did you see? And they said, I can't explain it. It was, I said, well, try. Well, it was black, and it was it was weird. Well, that explains a lot, doesn't it? It was black and it was weird. Right? <laughs> These glasses are pretty weird and they're black. Could be anything, right? And I'm like, well, let's go look. Didn't want to go. I'm like, well, come on. So a whole group of people, because you know kids, right? No offense. They're not known for their common sense. Let's
let's go look for it. <laughs> right? So we go out and we look for it. Don't see anything. But they're still shook up. Later that night, we're all sitting around a campfire. Big circle, all of us. And we're sitting there, and I glance over my shoulder, and behind there was a big, I don't know, I guess it was just uh, a center for people that have get-togethers and things like that, but it had a foyer, and it was just lit up, okay? I see, with my own eyes, this thing that was jet black run across those windows outside. It was darker than dark, and it had this quirky, weird, it didn't run like a human, right? It was like, oh, like this. And it was like, stop motion. And it ran away. Well, obviously, no way. <laughs> you know, that's a glare, that's a reflection, that's something, right? I see it again. And this time it stops. And it, the herky jerky, boom, moved on again. Same spot. And I look around, I'm like, somebody's had to have seen that. And I look around, I said, hey, did he do, buddy? And I see one person. And it's Jordan at the time, Miracle, Jordan Klum, who's like, <laughs> and her eyes are like saucers. Uh-huh. I go, she goes, what was that? I said, I don't know, what do you think it was? I don't know, <laughs> but that ain't good, <laughs> right? Later, my son and uh, some of you remember uh, the Five Field Boys are sitting out the fire by themselves at night. And my son sees it, the same thing, run down the road, right alongside where our cabin was. All right? What do you do with that? Once again, I know where I'm standing. These things happen. Right? I saw with my own eyes. Worked for the city. Right? I'm, uh, we were putting in a new uh, parking program in those streets that are across Main Street, across from Bradley, Elmwood, Glenwood, whatever the other woods are. That's what all those streets are, right? And they were putting new signs and stuff in. And it was trying to, it was a mess because the residents wanted it, but you got people that parked at the time for Avani's, for Bradley, leave their cars there. We can't have that. So we're trying to straighten all the mess out. We got tow trucks up there, whole nine yards. And behind me, a car pulls up. I'm not paying any attention. And I hear the words that say this, just like this. I'll never forget this. I know who you are. Interesting. I turn around, and it's a guy I know named Tim. Now, before I turn around, I will tell you, I had this feeling come over me that it was like, you're going to turn around, and you're going to see something, and you're going to experience something that you are not ready for. So I'm like, oh, no. It's a fear of dread. Oh, no. Who do you know that comes up and says, I know who you are? Right? I had been a Christian for less than five years. Right? I wasn't ready for what I was going to see. I turn around, and it's my friend Tim. 
But Tim had the features, how can I, it's hard to describe, like, um, like a cat, big giant smile, right? Um, eyes that I can describe as cat-like, right? And I'm turning around and I'm like, I don't know what to do here, right? Because I wasn't sure what it was, but all I knew was this is very odd. And I'm telling you, I was shaking. And I don't know why at this point in time, the Lord said, okay, I'm going to show you this, right? Of course, now I know later on because I've had other uh, instances like this. But uh, we start talking, and he's, he's like uh, talking normal, but he's not normal. It's not him, right? And this smile never left his face. His lips did not move. His eyes did not move. Nothing. And I'm looking at it now because now I'm curious. So I'm looking at him more than listening to him, <laughs> okay? Because I'm in awe of what I'm seeing because this can't be real. And so after a minute, I don't know how, I can't remember how I broke away from the conversation, but I wanted out of there, right? Got to go, whatever. And he takes off. All right, why did I see this? That same day, I get a phone call from my friend Jim, who has since passed away. And he said, hey, he goes, I need you, I need you to do me a favor. I said, what? He goes, I need you to contact, he had known that I was related to uh, the great psychic of her day, Greta Alexander. He goes, I want that she's a cousin of ours, and uh, she's passed on too. And uh, he goes, well, I want you to call her, and he goes, I, I want you to ask her uh, if she can do a reading and find out who burned my house down. Your house burned down? Yeah. He goes, I think I know who did it. He goes, but I got to be sure because the police can't put anything together. I said, well, what do you think? He said, I think Tim did it, who I just saw today. What makes you think Tim would do this? He said, well, you probably don't know this. He goes, I don't know if anybody knows it. Tim's big into Satanism. Man, I caught him. I caught him doing, he was doing rituals in my house. And he goes, and I know he kills animals and everything else. And, uh, and uh, of course, my wife threw a fit. And she doesn't want anything to do with that. And so we kicked him out. He goes, and you know how? He goes, I don't know if you know anything about Satanism, but if they can't have it, you're not going to have it anyway, either. So uh, I think he burned my house down. He goes, I can't think of any other reason. The police can't find a reason. And the, and the fire department can't find a reason that it started. He goes, I think he did it, but I just need some confirmation. I said, Jim, she's just going to tell you what you want to hear, man. That's what she does, right? Well, how do you tell him? I said, well, i got to tell you, I ran into Tim today. <laughs> and I can pretty much confirm, yeah, he into it, right? So you run into those things. Because later on, down the line, I find that you may run into them again. That's why we're going to cover this today. As time goes on and our, our culture becomes uh, less and less godly and more and more godless, which is where we're going, people, like it or not, if it's too political for you, too bad, because we're here. 
All right? We're here. People are going for this. Need evidence? Watch the travel channel. Might as well be the ghost channel because people are fascinated with that. Well, you know what? Curiosity kills the cat. Segue from this stuff into Halloween. Kids in our youth group, back when the old uh, state hospital, you know, the Peoria State Mental Hospital, uh, haunted, right? And uh, kids would always say, man, I'm going to go up there and blah, 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 blah. And that used the big thing on TV. And, you know, you get these little recorder things and you get all that. And we're going to go up there. Um, and I would just point blank tell them, don't go up there. Don't go up there. It's like, it's, it's a building. You got nothing to fear. But you're going up there with the wrong motive. You're not going there to experience the history of the building and see what it was like. You're going there hunting for something, something you don't want to find. Where is the rule that says whatever's there you're hunting for, if you find it, can't follow you home? There is no rule. And demons don't play fair. Right? They will get you on a technicality. Right? That's why over and over and over in the Word of God, watch your life, watch your doctrine closely. Right, Timothy? Watch your life, watch your doctrine, because you are going to be attacked in these ways, and you need to know what to do. You need to know how to be prepared. If you do not, you're defenseless against this. And you, we can be conned. All of us can be conned. I can be conned. We've seen pastors be conned, Right? who, because of lust and extramarital affairs, lost everything because the devil knows their weakness, right? We all get tempted, right? It doesn't mean you're a bad person. But when you fall into that temptation, that's all on you because that's not God. That's the enemy. And the enemy can't make you do anything you don't want to do first, right? So if you get tempted and you fall into that, well, the devil says, <laughs> too bad for you. Right? Because it's all on you. Now you have to deal with that. And that's how he'll destroy us. He, he tries to destroy us in that way. He's always got to, he's, he's running a game on all of us. Right? Everyone in here. And that's biblical. Many different levels. You can go from that level, which is very, very extreme, to like Halloween. What in the world? Halloween's not real. Well, he got our neighbors to have a skeleton graveyard in their front yard, right? Because that's not of God. God is a God of life, right? This is, celebrates death. How did it begin to be? Well, in the days of pre-Dark Ages, um, at the time of the Druids, the ancient Celtic peoples thought, and this is uh, European, uh, Ireland, uh, the civilization of the time, uh, thought that at this time between the changing of the seasons was the time when the veil between life and death was at its thinnest. Okay? So the, the dead and demons, well, they are the same, uh, could converge and create havoc, right? And on their way from this realm to the next realm, they would pass, and they would see your house, and they would see your fires going, and they would warm themselves. Well, the people were terrified of this stuff, right? So they decided to appease the spirits 
right? And this is the pagan way because we're not worshiping God, we're worshiping nature. Nature has gods. So these things were worshiped, right? They would put out food. Don't come in my house. Here we go, let's put out food for them, right? Now, let's confuse them. So we'll go dress up and we'll uh, dress up like them, ghosts and things like that, and we'll walk around so nobody knows us and uh, they won't glom on to us, right? Those are all the precursors, the ancient precursors to our modern day Halloween, right? So it became a time to inquire of these gods uh, as to the future. So they would do things like this. Uh, they would create huge fires, right? And they would take somebody from their village, usually a kid, they would throw them in a giant basket, burn them alive to the point where all that was left is the bones. And they, by how the bones fell or left, would predict the future. Well, this is how our next year is going to go. Things like that, right? Uh, they called them back then bonefires. We call them today bonfires. That's where it came from for Halloween, right? Uh, this, some of these traditions are, you know, how can I say this? We only have one truly Christian holiday. You know what it is? Uh-uh. Uh-uh. Thanksgiving. It's the only one without pagan roots. Easter. Rabbits, eggs, Easter lilies, phallic symbols, Sunrise services, all derived from pagan roots. Christmas, the celebration of Saturnalia, right? The god Saturn offered sacrifices under the green trees, which symbolized life because the evergreens stayed green throughout the winter. So they brought sacrifice. I think it's in Deuteronomy and 2 Kings. You can find references to that, right? And so today, we take a tree and we put it in our house, <laughs> and we provide sacrificial gifts, all pagan. Mistletoe, holly, yule, all these things, pagan terms, pagan traditions, right? Halloween, no different, right? Here's the difference. The early church, was, which is the Roman Catholic Church, decided they couldn't beat this stuff. Well, we can't beat them, join them. So they took the major Christian holidays that we celebrate, and they put them with pagan holidays. Well, here's where we get uh, Christ and Christmas, along with jolly old Saint Nick and our Christmas tree, right? So these things got mixed. So the church just gave them different, gave these symbols different meanings, right? And so, of course, we're not sacrificing things and putting them under. <laughs> we're not doing, we don't do that. When we pick up a plastic egg with candy or in it, we're not worshiping anything. We're not trying to derive how many kids we're going to have. We're not doing anything like that, right? But yet it's here. Do symbols mean things? I'll tell you they do. Uh, if you run across somebody that doesn't speak English and you do this, they know what you mean, right? Hey, that's good, right? Uh, Point your finger, right? Number one, right? Or sit there, universal. 
But if I lift up another finger on social media right here, I think I will have uh, worn out my welcome as an elder, and you will tell me that come next time, right? One finger, right? That cross, does that mean something? No, it doesn't mean anything. It's just wood, right? These are our high schoolers and middle kids, middle school kids of today talking. It doesn't mean, it's just wood, right? Then let's turn it upside down if it's just wood. Once again, you know, we'll do it as a, to pay homage to Peter, who, who uh, the, the tradition says was crucified upside down. So let's just do that. Next time, <laughs> he's out. <laughs> he's out. Of the, I mean, because that is a satanic thing, right? That is a satanic thing. So symbols mean things. So let's not be blind to the fact that if we go crazy with this stuff, people do, okay? Uh, witches and broomsticks. Where did that come from, right? Uh, witches are real. Uh, witches have attended, in, and they've sat in this very room in the same chairs you're sitting, right? Uh, thank God you do not, most of you do not know of this, <laughs> But, but we do, right? Uh, back then, what was the deal? Well, witchcraft was real. The Bible tells us uh, in, the old, in the Old Testament, in the book of Deuteronomy, about things that we should not be involved in, right? And these are the things when uh, God would take the people into the, the uh, lands flowing with milk and honey, Coincidentally, these people were involved in things that were, if you look at it, out-and-out out Satan worship, right? It's very, very cut and dried, white and black. If you go into these and you imitate these things, it is not going to go well with you. God warned them. So, verse 9 of Deuteronomy 18. When you enter the land your Lord your God is giving you, be very careful not to imitate the detestable customs of the nations living there. For example... Never sacrifice your son or daughter as a burnt offering. You have to tell them that because that's what they were doing. Right? They worshipped the god Moloch, which was a big uh, brass or copper statue, uh, shape of a bull, the bales, right? That had its arms out like this. And to appease the gods and to give a sacrificial gift, what's the most sacred and sacrificial thing you can give? Well, your own child. Right? You see how that's a horrible perversion of the gospel. And so they would take their babies and they would place them on this thing which would just be molten hot as it stood in the fire and they would place their baby on those arms where it would burn to death. And they would beat drums and they would play music very, very loud to drown out the baby's crying so they couldn't hear it. Right? Terrible! We can't imagine those things. But you shoot that same baby with saline, saline solution and you burn them alive in their mother's belly and it doesn't mean nothing. Think about that. And we wonder why things are going the way they're going. I didn't vote for that. Yes, you did. If that's part of it, yes, you did. 
or it's time to change. When you go to vote for somebody and they're for that, don't just say, well, you shouldn't do Have a conversation with them. Have a conversation with them, right? Because I'm just going to tell you, it's horrific. You know, if we're getting towards the end, like I think, uh, this kind of stuff, if you talk like that, you're going to get an argument. You know what's going to happen when you get an argument? You'll sit there, and you'll let them go, and I'm telling you, because this has happened to me, you will have a demon manifest right in front of your face, and then you'll be in it, because I've been there. Imagine, and you get to the point where you're ready to share the gospel, and you have them read, this is a tip for you, you have them read a verse in the Bible that is part of the gospel. It could be anything from Romans, whatever, right? Which I've done this. <laughs> when it gets to the name Jesus, you will see them slam their hand down, and, and that the conversation's over. I'll have this happen to me, Right? Because, oh, now I see where you're getting this. Right? It's that demon. You need to deal with that. Right? We get into this. Oh, we'll tell you how to do that, which I've never done before. Uh, witches of, of the olden days and witches today, they're the same. Right? It's just that you see that caricature that can't be true because I've never seen a witch with a pointed hat riding a broomstick. Why do they write a broomstick? Well, they would use drugs, sorcery in the Bible, right? They would get into an altered state of consciousness. They would write a broomstick phallic symbol, which is a symbol of a male part, which is not a finger. And they would ride that, and they would have the sensation of flying. So when you see in your little grade school a witch on a broomstick flying as they do their Halloween decorations, <laughs> have that in the back of your mind, because that's what it is, right? Uh, witches today, uh, they would say, oh, that's, you know, that's of your, we don't do things like that. We're into nature worship. We worship nature. Well, they did too. They did too, right? And they will say that those energies that were alive back in the old days of Halloween, we harness those energies for good. Here's what happens. Those things will blind you to the point where you can't uh, discern right from wrong. right? And when you start to talk, you know these things that you're doing and you're harnessing the earth's energies and these things like that, uh, these are dangerous. I can show you from where the God, where you shouldn't be doing that. Right? Where? Here we go. And do not let your people practice fortune-telling or use sorcery or interpret omens or engage in witchcraft, point blank. That's where you'll get it. No. Or cast spells or function as mediums or psychics or call forth the spirits of the dead because that's what Halloween is all about. That's what they did. That's what we, quote-unquote, celebrate or not, right? Anyone who does these things, hear me, is detestable to the Lord. It is because the other nations have done these detestable things that the Lord your God will drive them out ahead of you. But you must be blameless before the Lord your God. The nations you are about to displace consult sorcerers and fortune tellers, but the Lord your God forbids you to do such things. Why? Because you'll look to them instead of God. Right? 
Um, Jack-o'-lanterns. Why do we put a pumpkin out in front of our house? You ever think about that? The little triangle eyes, the little triangle nose, and the funky little mouth with the weird teeth. Why do we do that? Where did that come from? Uh, came from when the Irish came over uh, pre-Civil War. They brought a lot of their traditions with them, and one of them was a folklore tale that went like this. Uh, there was a man named Stingy Jack. He didn't take care of himself. He was smelly. He had um, bad teeth and the, the whole nine yards, but he kept every penny he did for him, he, he got for himself. He would not help other people. He sat at a bar one day, and there, of course, is his uh, great, the great instigator, Satan himself, right, who's ruined Jack's life, right? But Jack thinks he's smarter than the devil, so the devil says, hey, mate, I came for you. How about one more drink? It's the drinks that ruined his life. How about one more? So Jack says, well, I tell you what, he goes, you're all powerful. Satan loves to hear that. Why don't you change yourself into a coin? I'll pay for the drinks, and then you can change back, right? And so that's what happens. But Jack puts the coin in his pocket, <laughs> right, and traps the devil, right? So the devil, he can hear the devil scream, nobody else can, and he says, let me out, let me out, let me out. If you do, I'll let you alone for a year. Okay. Let's him out, he turns back, right, for one year. Now, in that year, of course, that'll turn you around, people. That's why a lot of us don't see strange things in our life. We just go through, because if you did, that'd drive you to the feet of God, because if that's real, God's real. Has that happened? Yeah. Does it always happen? No. These days, does it hardly happen? No. You know what they do? They get more interested in it, and they delve into it, and they go hunt for this junk. Right? which is going to be, quote-unquote, the death of them if they continue in it. Right? So Jack gets off easy. Well, here comes the devil after a year. And as the story goes, this time Jack cons him into doing something for 10 years. I'm going to shorten the story because my time short. And he says, uh, uh, okay, in 10 years you can have my life. Well, Jack dies. Uh-oh. He made a deal with the devil. So his soul goes to heaven. Heaven says, you can't come in here. You don't belong here. You determine the course of your ways. To hell you go. So now he goes to hell, where the devil is there. And the devil says, oh no, you are not coming to hell. Because you tricked me. Right? Get out. Like you'd really want to go to hell anyway, but it's a story. On his way out, the devil picks up a coal from hell and throws it at Stingy Jack. And so today, in the front of our house, we see the disembodied face of Stingy Jack with his jagged teeth and his face lit up with a coal from hell. <laughs> yeah! Right? So you know what we do here? The first year we did, I did this, right? No, 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 no. People, it's a pumpkin with a face in it, <laughs> right? Motive is everything. We don't mean anything by that. But when you come here, I always bring a pumpkin that says, and I carve into it, Jesus loves you, right? So we can flip that tradition around and use it for good, right? Instead of turn the lights off, turn them on. Questions afterwards. We turn the lights on. We let the kids come and play games and have fun. They want the candy, right? So... Let's give them candy. 
right? Let's turn our lights on and let them know that you can come into the church. This is a safe place for you, which we get that comment all the time. We come here because it's safe. Awesome, right? Awesome. Uh, in and of itself, is that enough? Nope. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. <laughs> I'm counting empty chairs, right? No. But if you ask those people, and we've come across this, well, you're my church. So we're getting there, right? We're getting there. We've got to get to the, ne the next step. Uh, so all those traditions of Halloween, trick-or-treat, if you go into the, uh, these Halloween stores, right? I haven't been in one this year, but I've been in them. And you go in there, what do they always have? A whole display full of Ouija boards and fortune-telling stuff because it's still, that's what it is, right? It's based on witchcraft and all that. Uh, I'm going to give you a word, a strong word of advice. If you have anything in your home that can remotely be tied to the occult, like Ouija boards, tarot cards, any game like that game, it's no game, right? Take it and burn it and get rid of it. Why? Because a demon can, not always, I always tell people it's like Russian roulette. Some people won't be affected, other people will. Right? It's like a gun. Put one bullet in the sugar. Sometimes you're not lucky. Right? That's the way it is with these things. If you've ever done those things, the devil don't play fair, people. Right? He can't oppress you. That's biblical. Right? He can oppress Christians too. If we do these things and we do not renounce them and walk away from them as sin, then that demon has a legal right to torment, harass you. We call that oppression. Christians cannot be possessed. Okay, They cannot get in you. However, they can torment you from the outside. And a lot of times it's because we have done things and we, that we have not renounced or uh, are still dabbling in. Uh, get rid of that stuff. Get rid of that stuff. Because in here... Uh, we had a kid who, full-blown full witch, my mom's a witch, I'm a witch, made no bones about it, and here, here's our, this is the way we handled it. Well, you can't do witchcraft here. You, first time we catch you trying to, quote-unquote, witness to kids, uh, you cannot come anymore because this is a Christian environment, but we love to have you here. If she's not going to hear the gospel from us, where's she going to hear it, Right? but we owe it to our kids to keep them safe. So we kept a close eye on her. Well, sure enough, uh, through her time with us, she decides, you're right, I'm done with this. She accepts Jesus. She stood right where Roger's sitting right now. And she stood up uh, in church, and Shane announced that we had a white rose, symbols mean things. In this case, it means a new life in Christ. And she stood up and she, he said, a young lady, she stood up and she said, it's me, I'll never forget that. Praise God, right? Yeah. Well, we're in the youth room one night and she says, can I talk to you? And I said, yeah, you can talk to me. She goes, well, it's kind of private. And I said, all right. In those days you could do that, not in a million years now. Just, we just don't do that. Uh, in the door right behind Mary Lovell. 
used to be the library there. Set there, we do it there because you can open that little blind and there's a light so people can see you in there. <laughs> and so it's a good place. And so we sat in there and uh, all of a sudden, as we sit down, I said, what's on your mind? And her face changed and her voice changed and she started to curse me. Not in curse words, she started to put a hex on me, right? Right over there. And uh, it was not her. Her countenance changed. And all I heard was from the seventh something to the seventh. And I stopped her and I said, you need to shut up in Jesus' name. You have no power over me, right? Greater is he that is in me than he is in the world, right? Stop, you go down, let her come up. And she came too. Her eyes became normal. Right? And I said, you left me there for a minute. And she said, yeah. I said, you know, we can help you with that. I said, we can get rid of that if you want. And you know what she said? This was a girl who accepted Christ. And she said, no, I've come to realize that this is where I get my power. So she was convinced that these demons that were in her, were giving her power, and she needed to keep that, and it was more important than anything. I'm going to follow the ways of my mother. So what happens there? What's the Bible say? The Bible says if you do that, then even more powerful demons will come in and take residence because that area was swept clean and it was not filled with the Holy Spirit. That's exactly what happened. Can people who have demons come in here and just sit normally like us? You betcha, because she did it. Watched her come in and sit down. And I'll never forget this as long as I live. We went out the back, we're in the foyer, and she's standing there, just standing there. And I went up and I said, you know, I'm kind of surprised to see you here. <laughs> and she didn't say anything. <laughs> Shane comes walking behind, because he was not a witness to any of this. He was up with the kids, right? He was not a witness to it. We came in the back. And Shane's like, he's looking at her, and he knows something ain't right, right? It was her eyes, right? She turned her head slightly this way so I could see, and I watched one eye go up, and I watched one eye go down. Try that. Right? Yeah. So <laughs> we got a man up. Uh, but I saw that. These things happen. Let's not say they don't. And the reason I'm bringing it up now is life could get really real for all of us. Because as we progress, notice I use the word progressive because that's what they call it. We're regressing back to the days of the Druids, right? As we progress and we become more enlightened, right? The arcane ways of God are going to disappear, right? There will be a form of spirituality but men will deny its power. Instead, it'll be a power into myself, which has determined their own destiny. Satanists, they, they have their own destiny in mind. Uh, in the book of Satan, say unto thine own self, I am my own redeemer. I don't need God. I can harness the energies of the earth. That's why they worship Mother Earth and will hug a tree. Have you ever hugged a tree and just felt its energy just pour into you? There's nothing that makes you so... Uh, so serene and so at peace than hugging a tree. Yeah. 
you ought to hear some of the things that come out of the youth group, right? Breaks your heart. But they come here, they get exposed to the gospel, right? They get exposed to people that care about them, people who want them here, which is why they get into this stuff in the first place, because they're powerless. And they don't care where they get it. They don't care where they get it, which is dangerous and horrible, right? It's like talking to a severe addict. You need to stop that. And the next day they're in jail, drunk driving, or they're, you're going to kill yourself. And you just it's like you're looking at a blank slate. What do you do, right? Um, close with this. Here's what you do. Um, when Beth shook at the time, she's lusk now, living a very happy life on the other side of the river in Missouri. She, uh, we were in the hall, she got involved when I stepped out of the youth ministry because I was too old. Yeah, now I'm back in it. I'm still too old. <laughs> I'm still too old, I'm telling you. I can't run, I can't jump, I can't do all the things they, that they do and, and all that, and it takes a long time to get uh, a long time to get close to the kids, enough to, to share your faith. and uh, It's just different. They're just different. But I told her, I said, you know, if you run into things like that, I said, uh, just love them. Above all, love each other deeply because love goes up, covers over a multitude of sins. Just love them. Right? Love them. Until they see the truth and the error of their ways, and then look out and be ready. This is where you need to be ready. You have to love them enough to stand up in the face of the enemy and yourself and say, enough. I'm going to stand in the gap between that person who has gone astray because they're not strong enough to do it for themselves, and it's going to be me. Sometimes that comes with, a, you pay a price. Oh, well. You've got to be willing to do that. Uh, watch what we're involved with, right? So you don't end up like her, right? Which is heartbreaking because we love that kid, you know? And we used to say all the time, well, we haven't lost one yet. Well, that was the one we lost. And it kills us, you know? It kills us. And since then, you know, there have been others. You know, we've lost a few others because the world's getting colder. The world's getting colder. And... They're tough to reach, right? The devil uses Halloween and other things as a smokescreen to do the real dirt behind the scenes, right? Be aware. It's all right to give a kid a, some candy on Halloween and all that, but, you know, when kids come in, and they'll come in with some of the most horrid, you've, we've seen them who volunteer every year. <laughs> you, we've seen them come in with their innards hanging out and all that, right? And the blood and everything. They come in, and I always, I'm always like, you know, like, what do you say to? Well, that's disturbing. <laughs> I tell them, tell them the truth in a way that you know, it's like, oh, it's disturbing, right? But here's your candy, and uh, but what, but when we serve them, uh, I like to. People mention, you know, we're, we're treated well here, right? Well, that's the goal. We just, we just want you to be loved, and we want you to... This is the only place we go. 
right? Our kids just come here. They get plenty of candy and they have fun and everything. Well, good. I mean, that's, that's what we want, right? That's what we want. So we talk long and hard about that. And uh, that's where we arrived at. We can shut our doors, we can turn our lights off, and we can let our building be spray-painted and whatever, like it was the first service. We, <laughs> we made the news. <laughs> the first, first service, man, they came in here and they spray-painted. It's like, welcome to Bellevue, buddy. <laughs> I get a call at 5 o'clock in the morning. You have any cleaner? <laughs> Things will get off spray-paint. Who is this? What? Right, Evan Finley. Hey, bring whatever you got. Scrub brushes, whatever. Get over to the church building. <laughs> I go, what? No time to explain. Just do it. <laughs> as fast as you can. We're all out there scrub, trying to scrub stuff off. And now the news came and we made the news and all that. But you know what? Praise God, we're still here. Praise God, we're still here. And we are, uh, we are talked about well here. And so... Don't let the devil somehow scheme. When you go out from here, realize this, there's, there's, a, there's a responsibility. When you go from this building, you are a representative of God first. You're also a representative of this church. People will judge us by the way you are. Hear me, the way you speak, the way you move, your attitude, right? So you're, just, you're an ambassador for Christ wherever we go and potentially a minister if God gives you the opportunity to share the gospel, right? Which, as times get darker, we need to be prepared to do, right? And not be afraid to do it. All right. Uh, two minutes. Yay, two minutes. Uh, what do you do if something like that happens? Well, you'll do what I did. You will wet yourself, right? You come in conflict with that. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, when I say I was, I was, you will wet yourself, right? The hair stands up on your arms and on the back of your neck, and the words that come to your head are these, oh my, <laughs> right? I ain't going to lie, that's the way it is. But I tried to explain it to people like this. You know, you're mowing your yard and that, and all of a sudden, whoop, snake, right? You're startled for a second, and then you realize you know what? I got a hoe in my garage. I got a hoe in my garage. And I know how to use that thing, right? Chop! Pick you up later. It's like that. It's like that. If you are not like that and you do not yet have the confidence in God's word, when you get in a situation like that, I'm going to give you some advice. Get there. You're not always going to have your Bible on you, right? Hide God's word in your heart, right? And love like God wants us to love. Um, you can't make somebody change their ways if they don't want to. That's a cold, hard fact. If somebody doesn't want, uh, doesn't want to get rid of the demons, doesn't want to get rid of those, you can't. An addict, you can't. Until they're ready, you can't talk to them. Very, very difficult, right? Excuse me. Dun, 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 dun. This is a first step. This is a first step. Um, when you run into this stuff in your life, and you may, now that you've 
heard it and been exposed to it, you may. Never forget this. If I could speak all the languages of the earth and of angels, but didn't love others, I would only be a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. If you do not have the love of Jesus in your heart, and you do not, which encourages us to have love for our fellow man, if that does not happen, then you could be like the sons of Sceva who tried to cast demons out using Jesus' name and got a tar beat out of them, right? Which is what will happen. you got to love them, right? If I had the gift of prophecy and if I understood all of God's secret plans and possessed all knowledge, and if I had such faith that I could move mountains but didn't love others, I'd be nothing, nothing. Your words just are not effective. Why? Because it's God's power in the words and not yours. So when you're dealing with those demons and you say, in Jesus' name, you go down. The demon has to listen, not to you, but to the Lord, right? If I gave everything I have to the poor and even sacrificed my body, I could boast about it. But if I didn't love others, I would gain nothing. Love is patient. Love is kind. They will test your patience. People who are demonized, will te they'll test your patience. Love is not jealous or boastful or proud or rude. It does not demand its own way. It's not irritable, and it keeps no record of being wronged. It does not rejoice about injustice, but rejoices whenever the truth wins out. Praise God, I can tell you. When you work with somebody, and you work with them a long time, and the Lord says, okay, now, now is the time. Now is the day of your salvation. People, it'll keep you going. It'll keep you going, right? Because you'll have that joy in your heart, too. It rejoices whenever the truth wins out. Love never gives up, never loses faith, is always hopeful, and endures through every circumstance. That is 1 Corinthians 13, and it's part of the love chapter. At the heart of all this, if we do that, right, nothing can touch you, nothing can, can harm you. Should you be afraid? Absolutely not. Don't be afraid. They can't touch you. If you are a blood-bought, born-again believer, they cannot touch you, right? Don't worry about that. That's the least of your concerns, right? Your concern should be wholly them because when it is, God can use you to affect change in their life. And once you've seen somebody delivered like that, once again, it, it does something to you, and you will experience joy, joy different than happiness. We can all do things to make us happy. I could go put my face in that candy right after we're done right there and be happy. Right? <laughs> right? Joy is spending your own money for somebody else's enjoyment and letting them stick their face in there. <laughs> right? That's the joy in your heart. Right? That's good. Absolutely not. <laughs> we, uh, <laughs> because uh, there's a joy in giving. Right? There's a joy of giving ourselves. There's a joy of giving out of our resources. There's just a joy of giving. And you only find that when you know Jesus and you have him in your heart. Right? Well, I don't know that. Well, you can know that. You can know that right now. It's hard, 
but it's easy. First, you got to do is admit you're a sinner and I've fallen short and be willing to surrender your life to Christ. When you do that, the demons will flee. Submit yourselves, therefore, unto God. Resist the devil, and he will what? He will flee from you. That's a promise from God. We forget the first part. Submit yourselves, therefore, unto God. That's the hard part. Or easy, depending on where you're at. Right? So, if you are willing to do that, bow your heads. And we can do business with the Lord right now. Heavenly Father, uh, we come before you grateful for your word. It is our sword. It is our shield. We wield these with the helmet of our salvation for the good of mankind, right? As the, as the, as the world grows darker and colder, your light can shine brighter. And Lord, we take great comfort in that. If there's any who feel the desire and the need to stop doing the things that they're doing and, and have a life that is pleasing to God, There is one prayer that we need to pray, and it goes like this. Pray it in your heart. Lord, I confess my sins before you. I have done wrong. I have not lived a life for you. I have lived a life for myself. Please forgive me for that. Lord, I accept your free gift of salvation that you provided at the cross of Calvary. Your blood covers my sins. You paid the price that I should pay. And Lord, I thank you for that gift, and I accept it unto myself right now. Lord, come into me, be the Lord of my life. The old things have gone, and the new has come. And Lord, I, I, I thank you for that new life. Uh, Lord, I, I live for you now. Be the Lord of my life as I go throughout uh, the rest of my days, whether they be short or whether they be long. And help me to be a light in the dark world, not for myself, but for others. Thank you for coming into my heart and being my Savior, for it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. If you have just prayed that prayer, come talk to myself, one of the elders, or Pastor Shane, and uh, we would like to rejoice with you. Think about the things that I said. Uh, don't think of too much. Just be aware, and you are dismissed. <laughs>